Hey, this is Phil Diaz. I'm the pastor at Greencastle Church of the Nazarene, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's my prayer that God would use this podcast to speak to your life right where you're at. I pray it also builds your faith and helps give you perspective on how God can work, move, and transform your life. Enjoy the message. It's good to be here with everyone this morning. Um, I hope that you are enjoying our sermon series that we've been within that is called New Beginnings since we've been in a new year, a new month. All right, well, it's maybe not so new now. We're kind of about halfway through. But truly, I think it's been a great time for our church and and for many of us around. So I'm really hoping that you've been enjoying uh, this sermon series. And I pray that His presence just goes before you and continues to work and minister to you in a new way. And so, let's review for a minute. Are you guys ready? So, our first week was about new beginnings. That was the sermon title. And so, someone say new beginnings. New beginnings. And that's where we started out. And we talked about how the Lord loves new beginnings. And then we kind of continued within that next or last week by talking about the God of new beginnings. And so, someone say the God of new beginnings. And we study how even at creation, God loves to create. He does new things. And so today we're going to be within this theme of new. Someone say new. 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 All right. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm getting you guys trained really good. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, anyway, this morning we're going to get acquainted with a little known character of the Bible. He's not a very well known character. And there's not a whole lot of scripture completely devoted um, talking about this character, but what is mentioned about him is meaningful and I believe it's relevant. And so today we're going to look at the life of, drum roll please, I think I'm the only one doing this, this is sad. Okay, here we go. Drum roll please, we're going to talk about a guy named Nathaniel. Yay! <laughs> All right. And so today's sermon title is New Things for Nathaniel. So let's say new. new. If you've experienced Christ and you're a new creation in him, say new. new. If you've experienced the joy of the Lord in your life, shout out new. 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 If the Lord has touched your life in a new way, shout out new. new. Amen. We're here to give him praise today. All right. So we're going to be looking at new things for Nathaniel. Let's pray. And receive this word from the Lord today. Dear precious Lord, we come before you and we want to thank you for this word. Lord, may this be the spiritual sustenance, Lord, that we need to help us within our walk with you. Lord, use this word to speak to us about being more like you. About understanding what it is to have new things within our life with you. Lord, lead us into a deeper level of faith and to a greater understanding of who you are and your character. We pray this in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Amen. So if you would, let's go ahead and stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. And let's receive this word from him. It says this, John chapter 1, verses 43 through 51 says this the next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee 
Finding Philip, that's a good, good name, by the way. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. And Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. And Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked. Well, come and see, said Philip. And so when Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching, he said of him, Here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. Well, how do you know me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you're still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus said, You believe because I told you. I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. He then added, I tell you the truth. You shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Amen. Give God praise for his word today. Amen. You guys may be seated. So as we look into the word today, I got a couple of questions. First question is this. Who is this Nathaniel guy? And what was going on with this guy? Those are some good questions to ask, right? So in scriptures, Nathaniel is mentioned, um, but he's not really mentioned a lot. But most scholars do believe this, that Nathaniel, and there's a disciple whose name is also Bartholomew, are actually one and the same. And so, this would make sense that since in all the Synoptic Gospels that Bartholomew always follows Philip, which is a good name, just saying. And it's in the list of the twelve disciples. And so in this portion of scripture in the book of John, Bartholomew is not mentioned at all. But rather, Nathaniel is listed after Philip. And so Nathaniel could have been kind of like the nickname of Bartholomew as well. And Nathaniel's name actually means this. It means God has given. Can you say that this morning? God has given. Now church, if God has given you something, let's give him praise. Come on, let's give him praise this morning. Raise your hand and shout hallelujah. God has given me something to praise him about. God giving you a second chance this morning? Yes. Yeah. Amen. Give him praise. Is he giving you a third chance? A million chances? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give him praise. Yeah. Is God giving you air to breathe? A life to live? A way out of dark situations that we talked about earlier in that song this morning? Yeah. Well, guess what? Let's give him praise today. ministry. 
story. It is new beginning. Someone say new. new. To summarize, John the Baptist was baptizing people at the Jordan River, and he was getting pressed about by all different kinds of people about John the Baptist being the Messiah. But to which he said to these people, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me. The thrones of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Woo. But then he goes on to say this in the, in, the, in, in the Bible. It says, the next day. Someone say next day. The next day. In verses 29 through 31, it says this. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one who I meant when I said a man comes after me. He has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. And then it goes on to say that John then gave his testimony, where I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remained on him. And I myself, I did not know him. But I've seen, he says in verse 34, and I testify that he is God's chosen one. He's talking about Jesus. And then... It says this. The next day. Someone say next day. Next day, John saw Jesus with two of his disciples. And he said, look, <laughs> the Lamb of God. And so these two disciples who were with John the Baptist, they have to be Andrew and Simon Peter. They leave John. They go to follow Jesus. See, Jesus was gathering his disciples. Amen. 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 And then there was, any guesses on that? The next day. The next day! Oh, I just love the book of John. That's great. The next day. So, because the next day, we're landing in the story where we're going to be asking this question. What brought about some new things for Nathaniel? Ask your neighbor, what brought about something new for Nathaniel? Ask your neighbor. Now turn to the other neighbor that you didn't talk to and ask the same thing. So I want to look at three things today. You can say three characters within our story that I think happen to point to some new things going on within the scripture. My point, number one, number uno, is this. There is a seeking Savior in this story where Jesus is calling Philip and Nathaniel. There is a seeking Savior. And the Savior wasn't John the Baptist. The Savior was Jesus Christ himself. So what about something new? It was Jesus. Jesus is what brings something new into every single one of our lives. Jesus Christ is the one who found Philip. And he said these two words. Two words changed his entire life. He said, follow Two words that change everything. How many of you this morning have been changed by those two words in your life? Amen. Amen. Our Lord is a seeking Savior. What does that mean? That means that wherever you are, He can find you. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter if you're in the mire and in the clay. Is what they used to say in the, in the old hymn class, in the miry clay. Some of us, we don't know what that is. But that means that you've been in such a situation that is so bad, you didn't think you could then your feet are stuck and then you can't move. But Jesus has come to see and to save and he can find you where you're at. Praise God for that. Yeah. Come on, praise 
He's like the sower who went to go sow seeds. Jesus is like the shepherd, always going to seek the lost sheep. And he's even like the prodigal son's father, who always longed for his son's return. This is who Jesus is. But the sad thing is, this part of Jesus can sometimes often get neglected in so many places, in so many churches even. So many churches have made Jesus into be something else that he really was never intended to be. They made Jesus into a, a, a solution for success. <laughs> All right? They call that the prosperity gospel. If you believe in Jesus, you can get your jumbo jet and your Cadillac right now and download it from Hollywood. If you just give me $10,000 and all your money, Jesus is going to give you something good. I'm sure you've heard that in your life. Okay? They made Jesus into this solution for success. Jesus doesn't. I mean, I'm just going to say it this way. Jesus doesn't care about whether you have a jumbo jet or whether you have nothing at all. He came to seek and to save. Amen. Amen. Sometimes you might have heard that, you know, Christ was made into a politician. And we see that a lot nowadays. That, that Jesus, the only reason Jesus came was to be this great politician of sorts from the Old Testament into the New Testament. Or, I, I don't know. There's so much stuff said about it. It's not true. Because you know who Jesus actually is? He's not a politician up on the hill. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He's over it all. This is all his. Amen? Amen. But there's some churches that's just like, they just make him out to be a statesman. Some churches have just made Christ to be this great motivational speaker. Like, hey, this here's Jesus. He's going to say something good and nice, and we can go home, and it's nice, and it's good, and, you know, look comfortable with everything. <laughs> but they don't understand that Jesus is not a motivational speaker. He's the master of all things. Amen. Amen. So Jesus is the seeking Savior, and, and, and he's the seeking Savior in this story. You see, you have to understand that he came to seek what was lost. Two words that can change your entire life are those two words of follow me. Because there is something about when Jesus is calling into your life. And he says those words. He says, follow me. Folks, when he said that to me, I had no idea I would even be here at this pulpit. So many years ago, when I accepted the Lord Jesus into my heart, I had no idea. I didn't know the plans that God had for me. But I know that when he spoke to me and I accepted him as Lord and Savior within my life, my life began to change. Now, I may have not changed the way I wanted to. I may have not had all of the, everything I wanted bad in my life to change. But God had to take me through a journey to understand so many things in my life. Two words that completely flipped me over was when Jesus spoke to me. He said, follow me. Yes. Folks, he says that to you here today, too. These words brought about change in Philip's life. Say that's a good name, right? <laughs> and even today, they can bring about change in your life as well. Amen? Amen. All right, so now to my second point. This is my second point. 
There's a seeking Savior, point number one. Point number two, there is a seeking saved one. What? You might have lost me, preacher. What? What's that? So verses 45 through 46 says, it says, Philip, it's a good name, found Nathaniel and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. You see, Philip had found the Savior, Jesus, and then Philip found Nathaniel. So there was one who was saved, there was one who had come to Jesus, there was one within that myth, and now he was seeking somebody else. Philip had found Nathaniel. That's profound for us today as believers, because Philip, he had an immediate interest in the souls of others. There is no hiding his light in a lamp. There is no keeping it to himself. Following Christ is what he desired. Yes. Folks, is following Christ what you truly desire in your life? Because when you follow Christ, it means this. It means that you'll be seeking someone out yourself, hopefully. And I say that because it should really be the underlying burning fire within us for others to know what we know and to experience what we've experienced within our lives. Following Christ calls for reaching lost ones. It calls for, for having those conversations. It calls for putting people on a prayer list. It calls for people to be surrounded with an intercessory prayer for their life. We've got to be reaching out to people. And over the years, what's happened is there's just so many different ways to do it. And God can work through so many different ways. But what has happened is we've relied sometimes too much on letting other people do that work instead of understanding that we have that call within our own lives. What we forgot is that every moment in our life can be worship. And the best kind of worship we can give is when we give selflessly to the Lord and by letting other people know about that experience that we've had with Him. When Christ has called you to follow Him, don't you want someone else to understand that call as well? Don't you want to tell somebody? Don't you want to just reach out and tell someone about His goodness and His grace? You don't need to be in church to do that. You can do that at any time. You don't have to just be here in a, in a church setting, in a building. Because I'm going to tell it to you this way. The most profound encounters I've had with people knowing the Lord, they have honestly did not start at church. They started at work. They started like at Walmart in an aisle when you were trying to look for something. And then you bump into somebody. And then you just start having a conversation about life. And then for us, it's, all, it's almost always been when people are just so down and out on something in their, in their life. And then you're able to have that opportunity where you can plant a seed of the gospel and say, you know, I know what you're going through is tough. And I know what you're going through. It is not easy. But I know the only thing, the only hope that when we face the same thing is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And then you offer that and you begin to plant that seed within someone's life. Much like Jesus, you are sowing seeds. Amen? Amen. 
And see, that's what happened to Philip Clive. He was ready to plant a seed immediately. Philip found Nathaniel. In the scripture, it didn't say Philip waited a week and a half and thought about it and had declared to himself that the best way was to send a text message and just say hi to Nathaniel. Or so I don't know. I'm just making all this up. What I'm trying to say is that it was an immediate thing. And when, it's like this, this is, what I, this is what I try to compare it to. When you go to a new restaurant, and I know many of you like your restaurants here in Great Castle. We've had these conversations. Many of you like new places to eat. And so when you go into a new place, and it is like fantastic, it is the best thing you've ever had. What's the first thing you want to do? Man? You want to tell somebody about it, don't you? Well, that's just a restaurant. Restaurant is great, but this is what your salvation is based like, like, like someone's salvation is based on you telling them about Jesus. This is so much more important than a restaurant. Yes. Amen? Amen? Man, it's getting a little more quiet over here. Uh. Listen, evangelism is for everyone. Yes. You, you, you don't have to be a preacher to be an, evan an evangelist. Okay? Okay? My calling is different than your calling. Okay? But if you have that calling on your life, yes, please be obedient to it. But you don't have to be a preacher to be an evangelist. Evangelism comes in all different kinds of ways. You know, there are those who are on fire within the church. They just got saved. And like, the reason why people who are on fire for the Lord bring in more people is because they're telling people about the experience that they've had with the Lord. The killer of that is this thing called complacency. And too often in churches, we have too many people who get complacent and they just kind of like going through the religious motions of things and they forget to ask for that fire that they had at the beginning. When all along, you have to, you have to be constantly seeking the Lord and that fire is going to come to you every time you come into His presence. Every time you make yourself available to Him, God will be there. But when you quit doing that, when you quit reading your Bible, when you quit praying, and then when you just quit living the life, but you're, you're kind of going to church and, and the religious motions of that, you're going to have complacently fill the void that Jesus was there to take away and fill in the first place. Amen. It's all about Him. Now, some of you I know, some of you are like, you don't understand, I can't talk, I'm not very good at this, and evangelism's not my thing, and all that. Well, you know, even Philip, here in this passage, he kind of made a mistake as well. His mistake was this. If you read the text, he says, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote about. That's good. But then he said this, It's Jesus of Nazareth, that's true, the son of Joseph, which is true. He was the son of Joseph. But you see, he made this little mistake because Jesus was so much more than that. You see, I just want to say this for those who think that like they can't talk to people or they have trouble or like I'm going to make a mistake and just blow it all blow it away. Look, even God was able to use Philip's mistake here because Jesus was more than just the son of Joseph. Jesus is the son of God. But, you know, the Lord often can use us even in spite of our own ignorance when we just simply open up our life to Him. That's, that's what 
That's what this is all about. And so here we have Philip, and he's bringing Nathaniel to Jesus. And, and, and he's just an example for all of us. You see, Philip was the one seeking another to be brought to the Savior. He was, he was a seeking saved one. That's why I have this weird term, because I know people will look at me like, what? What does that mean? He was a seeking saved one. Now, what a nickname that would be. Would you like to have that nickname in your life? Would you like to be, have, be labeled like that? Hey, look, it's the seeking saved one. Yeah. Right? Now, some of us don't seek others out because of ridicule, because we don't like that. Well, we don't want to be called that. But you know, Jesus even came to save those who ridicule us, who yeah. are mean to us, who are thorns in our side. <laughs> He came to even save those. And we see that even in this story. If we got, go down and look at the story, verses 46 through 49. He came to save a ready children. Nathaniel comes into the story now. And he says it this way. He's like, he's a little skeptical. He sees Philip coming. He's seen the excitement on his face. He is running. You know? And then he's like, so, you know, Philip's like, we found the one Moses wrote about the law and the prophet. Jesus has your son to Joseph. You know, this is exciting. You know, Jesus did it. Philip is excited about it. And, and you can just see Nathaniel say, okay, Nazareth? Nazareth! Can anything good come from there? Question mark. Question mark, says Nathaniel. He was skeptical of what the news that his friend had told him about. And here's why he was skeptical. Can anything good really come from Nazareth? If you don't know, know it this way, that Nazareth at this time was a rough and tough place. <laughs> Consider this kind of like the rough side of town. Okay? And sometimes we get judgmental and we're like, is anything good come from that side of town? Can anything good come from there? Can anything good come from that place? Skepticism is actually a normal first reaction to the gospel. Because when you try to tell someone about the gospel, often skepticism follows in one way or another. And so the question isn't whether skepticism is good or bad. I think the question I want us to ask is how did Philip overcome Nathaniel's skepticism? He does it very simply. He says it this way. He just said, come and see. Come and see. He invited Nathaniel to experience the living Savior for himself. He invited him to come and experience Jesus. And so Nathaniel was surprised. He is surprised. Because here in verse 47, this is what it says. When Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching him, he said of him, here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. Now, have you ever been greeted that way in your life? I know, I know many of you are probably not Israelites. But have you ever just had someone to say, now here is a true green castle Indian. I, I don't know if that's a term. <laughs> in whom there is nothing false. <laughs> Be kind of like, what? And then Nathaniel asked, well, how do you know 
Jesus, Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip calls you. Jesus called him by name. He knows us before we even know him. And Jesus told Nathaniel about himself. He knows all about us. Nathaniel was satisfied with that because in the text it says this. Nathaniel said, you are the son of God. Scholars don't exactly know what all that might denote, but many of them think that what had happened is Nathaniel went off to have some devotional time with the Lord. Could have been in prayer or in just meditation and thought about God. And it was only him and the tree, no one else around. That's why this is so profound. Because only Nathaniel, not anyone else, not Philip, <laughs> no one else would know about what had happened underneath the fig tree except for Nathaniel. And that's why when Jesus said this, it completely caught him off guard because Jesus knew that he was already there. And guess what? Jesus knows where you're at right now in your life. So, to conclude, there's three things in this story. We have a seeking Savior, Amen. His name is Jesus. And that seeking Savior also calls us to seek others out to be saved. Amen? That was my second point. The third point was that he can even save those who are ridiculed and those who are lost in this world. And before we start sometimes thinking of other people, I want us to understand that that can also be for us as well. Maybe we ridiculed the Lord and said, no, I don't think so. You know, I don't know if you can do that work within me, God. Uh, I don't know about that. But he came to save you. So, in conclusion, if you look at verses 50 and 51, they were great and new things. Somebody say new. Always going to open up our altar.
altars here at a time where I feel the, the Spirit is just speaking to me about it. And so I just feel that this morning. I just want to open up our altars. This is for, for anybody. Whether you've been in the church a hundred years or ten minutes. This is, this is for you. Because before we leave this place today, I want every single person who's gathered here today to understand that Jesus loves them. And he came to seek them wherever they were at. And he's calling you out right now. Next week we're having a vision Sunday. And as, as we think about that and pray about that, I want us to think about those two words that Jesus said to, to his disciples. And he said, follow me. What's, what's the Lord asking you to follow him in? What's the Lord asking you? To leave behind. And what better and greater things are ahead for you. I want you to think about that this morning. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we simply want to come before you today. And Lord, we thank you, God, that you are the Savior of the world. Lord, we simply ask within this place, and we're gathered here within your presence. Lord, we just ask that we can commit ourselves to seeking you and to answer the call that you place upon our hearts and lives where it says, follow me. Lord, I'm only here because I followed you. And in faith, I follow you. Some of us here today have been, I believe, struggling with understanding where that faith may lead. But Lord, I believe that it always leads to greater things. So Lord, I simply want to pray for any of us here today who are gathered today who are struggling in our lives to sometimes see the, the picture of who you are. Lord, there are so many of us here within this place, Lord, that are just struggling day to day. Lord, help, help all of them to understand, Lord, that it just takes just a moment to come into your presence and to leave it all here at these altars. If you have a bad day, come to the altar. You've got a bad situation, I pray for those just to come and to pray. Nothing changes until we begin to pray, though. And so, Lord, I'm just simply asking that you lead, lead us into prayer and into your spirit. Hey, thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. If you would like to connect with me or Greencastle Church of the Nazarene, you can find us on Facebook at Greencastle Nazarene and also on our website, www.greencastlenazarene.com. May you have a blessed and wonderful day in the Lord.